evening, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Geek Soup Month. Tonight, I'm joined by Lord Commander Ulrich again, but not for something terrible. No, we get to talk about a movie I like for once. Okay, it's not just a movie, it's movies. We're talking about The Babysitter 1 and 2. You can find them both on Netflix, and they're a great black comedy movie duo you have to watch. Um... I'm going to just go ahead and introduce characters because it's just going to be that easy. Our main person, his name is Cole. Um, we have his best friend. Her name is Melanie. She only kind of shows up a couple times in the first movie. Um, not really a big player. Um, but the second big big person, her name is B, played by Samara Weaving. Um, she is the babysitter. Um, a pretty cool babysitter from, you know, the very beginning up until things happen. Um, but when things happen, we have Allison, the obsessed with herself cheerleader. We have Max. The, the best character. The best character. <laughs> yes. Also obsessed with himself. Uh, we have John. He is such a funny fucking black character. I love him so much. Um, we have Sonia. She is a crazy weird Asian lady. Um, and then we have the... That's it for the main Well, no, at the very beginning we have uh, Samuel, which is the nerdy, the nerdy sacrifice. The very oh, first yeah. nerdy sacrifice. So let's just start at the beginning. You know, Cole's getting beat up and stuff. B shows up, saves him from his bullies. She drops him off at the house. Next day, she comes over because his parents are going away for the weekend. And, you know, you can tell that uh, Cole and B have a good relationship, you know. They're best friends. Yes. You can, you, like, just the way everything is, you know, they dance, they reenact old movies together, they talk about fucking nerdy shit, like, what are your, what is your, uh... Intergalactic Save the Universe stream team. Yep. <laughs> um, and Melanie, Cole's friend, remember, says, you know, all babysitters, when the kid goes down, always invites the boyfriend over, and they get have sex, and she tells him to stay up. So that he could see it <laughs> and be a weird perv. And so he does. Nighttime comes around. She goes, okay, it's time for bed. And he's like, I'm not tired. So she's like, all right, I'm going to give you two shots. You're going to sleep like a baby. You know, don't tell your parents I'm giving you alcohol. And he, she, she brings him one. He's all nervous about it and stuff. And he tells her, you know, drink one with me. So she goes back into the kitchen and he dumps it into the fiddle leaf fig and pretends like he drank it when she came back and then goes up to bed and chats with Melanie for a while and pretends to be asleep until the doorbell rings and he sneaks down to find that B has the other people over and they're all downstairs playing spin the bottle and it's really funny <sighs> up until they murder samuel violently and bloodily yep because max tells uh b to kiss everybody and then you know there's the whole you know girl on girl big old kissing tongue licking <sighs> make out scene <laughs> we just lost half our audience to go watch this <laughs> yeah uh and then she gets to the shy nerd 
And, you know, she takes off his glasses and, you know, tells him, just ignore everybody, act like they're not here. And she makes out with him. And then, you know, she pulls away and smiles at him and then thrusts two big-ass fucking daggers right into his head. Yeah, and it's at this point you're like, oh, what the hell? Yep, and on the screen, big old, what the fuck words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this movie has kind of that weird, like, it pops up every once in a while, these big, almost comic book mm-hmm. style. Yep. You know, and from there, a bunch of fucking hilarious fucking back yeah, and forth. Yeah, I don't want to ruin it too much. I know, I don't want to say anything because it's hilarious and I don't want to share too much, you know. Um, but, you know, they pull out the things, get the blood ready in the goblets and shit, and blood goes everywhere, blood squirts on people. Like evil dead levels of blood. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is a black comedy, but it's also a horror movie. It is, it's very much like... Evil Dead 2. Yeah. In that it's very comical and it's very over the top. Yes. And, you know, from there, they do all that stuff. Then they go upstairs to try and and get Cole's blood for, you know, the... The sacrifice or whatever. The the, um, ritual. The ritual. Yeah, so you needed two different types of blood to mix in together. And, you know... He pretends to be asleep, they take his blood, they leave, and he gets up to try to escape and passes out from, you know, blood loss. And then finds himself downstairs, trapped. And from there, things happen, like... It continues, like, like the best part, again, we talked about the whole comic one side, but he's tied to a chair and he's trying to cut himself free, but he has a knife, and it pops up along the bottom of, pocket knife, bitch! Yep. <laughs> Only for that to be subverted, which... Again, this movie, it really treads that line. It's almost like an evil dead because each of these characters, the deaths are so over the top. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't want to ruin any of the deaths for you. We are going to ruin how it ends, but we're going to try and avoid the jokes and that good stuff. But the kills are over the top. The personalities of these people are over the top. Yeah. And... But over and over, over the top in such a good way. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, I'll just say one thing. Like, Max, he shows up. He's shirt. He has a shirt on. But then when uh, Cole finds himself tied up downstairs and he wakes up, Max is no longer wearing a shirt. And for the rest of the movie, he is shirtless. And it's just like, and Cole keeps asking, why is he shirtless? And nobody will fucking answer. It is answer an ongoing <laughs> question. Yeah. In this movie. And oh, he is my favorite character because he has this intensity to it. Like, they kind of joke, it's like, he just wants to kill people. He's not there for the other reasons. The rest are implied to be there. Um, they're making, they're selling their souls to the devil or some such nonsense. He just wants to kill people, and he's having the best time yeah, doing okay, it. Yeah, okay, so we'll skip for it a little bit. And, you know, Max is going after Cole to try and get him to get the sacrifice and stuff like that. And Cole's... Um, bully. Bully shows up. And Max is all like... And he starts egging the house. And Max is like, you're going to let him disrespect you, your house, and your family? You get out there and you show him what? <laughs> this is America. <laughs> this is America. <laughs> so, you know, Cole, Cole goes out there, tries to convince his, you know, bully that he needs help and stuff like that. And the bully smashes an egg on his head and walks away and Max comes up and he's like, you defended yourself a little long-winded, but I'm proud of you and everything. He's giving him a pep talk before he kills him. Yeah, and then they go running off and it's a big chase and everything like that. And up on top of the treehouse, he's like, you know, don't worry, man. I won't let you die with a... Uh, egg on your face. Egg on your face. And he's he starts cleaning him And he starts cleaning him before he kills he's him. The, he's one of those characters that we talked about, like, 
you he could not exist in an actual horror movie no. because it wouldn't fit. No. But in this one, he's just this he's the right blend of over the top and psychotic. Yes. He's got the whole American uh serial killer psycho killer, you know. Yes. And he's in it just long enough to not be too much. Yeah. No, anymore it would be way too much. And um he's pretty much besides B, he's probably the longest running weirdo because yeah. everybody else pretty much dies kind of quickly um though they they had stuff for him to do like everyone else kind of dies when they run out of things to do with their character yeah and they just kind of keep him going because he's so funny and he's just he's so over he's got it's like late stage freddy if you love the quips mm-hmm. and the jokes and kind of that over the top yeah he's really like late game freddy so then we get, you know, we'll skip ahead to the big thing. All of the cultists have been murdered except for B. B. And they're at this weird point, like, it's he still loves her, it's still his best friend, but he can't trust her anymore. Yep. So he crashes her into the house with a car. Yep. And as she's lying there dying, they have this great kind of heartbreaking moment, really, where he's telling her that, you know, you were my best friend, I loved you, how could you do this? Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, just kind of lying there dying. And you see the hurt in this kid's eyes. And they're like, wow, they did such a good job building the friendship and the relationship of these two characters. You're like, man, where'd you have to go and try and murder him? You were a nice character. Yeah. No. And then, you know, everybody shows up and, you know, she's gone. All the killers, are, the cultists are gone and everything. And, you know, everybody's... That's the movie. That's the movie, yeah. And then there's, you know, last traditional end credit stinger where, you know, she was alive all the time and she kills a fireman and it cuts to black. Yeah, so The Babysitter on its own. I loved it. The year came out. Mm-hmm. I loved watching it now. This was just a fun... It's it's Evil Dead style comedy. It's not quite as slapstick as Evil Dead. Yes, no, it's definitely one of those I would... I'm going to try and buy for our DVD collection. It's a Netflix exclusive. I don't. So. Oh, that's true. Okay, so yeah, I don't think we can do that. But if I could, yeah, this is definitely one I would love because it's just that fun. It's gory. It's over the top, and it's perfect because you know Halloween spooky season is coming up. Not you don't always have to watch horror. Black comedy works. It's one of those ones. that's like I want to see something kind of spooky, but I want to go to bed after that. You want to see something gory. But, like, Evil Dead gory, but you also want to fucking laugh about your gore. This is the movie. Also, it's a great, you know, like, pre-before-she-blew-up-Samara-Weaving performance. Like, yes. I didn't know this was her the first time I was watching because I had no point of reference to who Samara-Weaving is. But since, you know, everything this last year, mm-hmm. she's blown up, and it's kind of cool to go back and go, yeah, you always had it. It just took us a while to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll just lead right into the second one called The Babysitter Killer Queen. This happens two years after the... No, Three years? Two years. See, it's only this two one years. has a weird timeline because he was 12 in the first one, but he's a junior in this one. Yeah, but it says in the beginning of the movie, it says two years yeah, later. Yeah, I know. This, it, this one's got problems. So two years later, supposedly, he's a junior now, um, but he's... Now, instead of being kind of unseen in school, he is now seen in school because everybody believes he made everything that happened up, that he is crazy, that he needs help. 
And so he's bullied for a completely different reason now. Yeah, the opening's got a lot of great callbacks to the first one. Yeah, it kind of opens in the exact same way the first one does, just he's older now. Um, you get the awesome fucking weird-ass nurse in the very beginning. Yeah, we so. forgot to mention, but he yeah. is a great character. Yeah. Because, like, again, he bookends it, and he's a great little side character. Yeah. I won't spoil his jokes, because he really is a lot of fun. We're not going to spoil any jokes, because all the jokes are good. Yeah. But the second one does have problems. It's a bit more... It's the failed sequel. Yes. So, in this one... You know, they're all grown up and stuff. Not grown up. <laughs> they're juniors now. Um, Melanie is still his friend, but she has a boyfriend now, and they've got some weird side friends and stuff. And she convinces him to go over the weekend on a trip to the beach with everybody else and a bunch of kids from school. And so he goes. And everybody is, you know, partying, having fun, and they find themselves on the beach. Uh, on on a boat. It's a houseboat, yeah. Houseboat. Uh, the her boyfriend's houseboat, and they're playing two minutes in heaven. And Melanie and Cole end up going in the closet, and they make out and stuff, and all this other everything else. And they come out, and one of the side friends, I don't want to look up his name. No, uh, he's only there for five seconds. He's literally, and you know. He, asks, he starts asking all sorts of questions about, you know, what was it like to see them die, all these murders and stuff like that. And it gets a little crazy, and Melanie keeps going, guys, just stop. You know, he, we don't need to talk about this, nothing like that. And then she starts saying she information. She her hand. She says the devil's book. Yep. Which he never told anybody about, let alone her. Well, it wasn't even called The Devil's Book in the first movie, I don't think. Yeah, it was. Was it? Yeah. Okay. And so Cole turns to her and he's like, how do you know about this? And she comes back with a big old fish hook thing and just tears their throat out of the side friend uh, girl's throat. And turns out... It's the all... plot from the first movie again. Yeah, they're just a second group that is there to try and get Cole's... Blood for the sacrifice, because, you know, he is still yet again a virgin, still. Yeah, and this is the first point I was like, oh, this this isn't good. Yeah. Because, okay, then they follow it up and they bring the cast back from the first movie, which were good, which makes because, this new cast yes, look... Yes, because every two years they're allowed to come back up and try and finish the ritual, because Satan is, you know, okay with that, gives them chances and everything. And, you know, group A from the first one and group B from this one, of course, have their clashes because, you know, totally different, you know, millennials and I guess Uh, Zoomers. Sure. (laughs) They fight. So they decide to split up and uh, hunt Cole. Oh, and um, and Phoebe. I forgot to introduce Phoebe. She is some weird um, exchange student. She's implied to be the new evil one at first, but... Yeah. Um, But Cole and Phoebe escape from the houseboat, and, you know, the group split up to try and find them, and there are good jokes. People die, um, and they find themselves at Phoebe's old... Cabin. It was a family cabin. Because, like, she was sent there, too. And, unfortunately, there's a lot of problems. And we'll get to the problems at the end. But she was kind of, you know, directed there. Mm -hmm. Because somebody left her old 
um, dolly in her locker with the cabin uh, key that said it ends tonight. So she was directed there just like everybody else was. So yeah, big, long, protracted fight the people, kill the people in interesting ways. And there's some good bits of that. when they get to the cabin and everything, they go down into Phoebe's little wonderland place because she had always wanted to be alice in wonderland and her and cole start talking and then some weird dance montage i, I do love it a lot comes of on. It, they don't show you what they're doing yeah but, but it's, it's heavily implied. implied through the music and the dancing and the and guys the, being loaded the, into cannons and a hotel and a hotel and a hot dog going into some weird cylinder into a bun and a guy getting <laughs> shot out of a cannon yeah. and that that is what they did <laughs> so it's like they didn't say what happened but they didn't not say what happened and during all this time melanie had called her father and his and cole's father to draw to get them there to draw cole out so that he was out in the open and she could get to them and stuff and that didn't really work that kind of ended up feeling unnecessary because she just kills her dad and matt his dad still thinks that he's crazy and sedates him, takes him to a gas station, ends up waking him up. Cole leaves him behind, drives back, because at this point, Melanie has Phoebe tied to a post, and there's weird scarecrow effigies and all sorts of other stuff and a little altar, and Cole shows up and sits on a weird twig throne, and is like, here, take my blood. And then the cast from the first one come out of these effigies and stuff like that. It's like, oh, yeah, we got blood. And... Yeah, this is when it all really starts falling apart. And the blood, they mix together Cole's blood and some other bag's blood. It was the girl they killed in the very Oh, beginning. that's right. Okay. And her blood together. And then B walks out of the lake. It walks out of the water, mixes everything together, and they all start drinking it, except for B. And then they start feeling weird, start vomiting, throwing up blood. And lo and behold, it turns out he is not a virgin anymore. So the blood that they just drink, instead of empowering them and giving them the shit that they wanted, they're now going to blow up and die or I, go back to hell. Or I don't know. I don't know where they're going. I think they're, they're just dead. Yeah. And then we get the other kind of shoe drop in that. B's connection to both of them in that she was the babysitter of, what was her name? Phoebe. Phoebe. And was with her the day that, you know, they. her tragic backstory is, you know, her parents died in a car accident that she was involved in. And B was there and B sold her soul to the devil to, to save, save her. Yeah. And she, you know, knew all this was coming. So she put them both on the same path and this and it's like, no. This together is so that hopefully that you know Cole and Phoebe would get together and have sex and you know the blood sacrifice wouldn't work and everybody was like oh I love you I love you whatever I'm so glad you're here and B ends up drinking the blood and going up in a puff of smoke and the dad sees it and he's like well I can't believe all this shit was real and Cole's like yeah this is real too and he kisses Phoebe dramatically and the dad's like oh yeah okay that's my son I'm gonna take a picture of this and yeah. that was the end yeah, so let's talk about <laughs> all the ways this movie didn't work. It's entertaining. Yes. It, when it works, it works. Yes. But it is nowhere near as good as the first one. No. And it's immediately obvious by the budget is a, like half. There's a lot of driving scenes that the C, that the fucking CGI is bad. Like when he was driving back to, you know, save Phoebe and stuff, that fucking, the view out of the windshield was 
bad. I was more just talking like the blood looks cheap and the gore looks cheap and the kills are repeated and yeah, the everything whole thing feels the, cheap. Except for the very end, everything is just kind of like a a copy of the very first movie, which a lot of second, like a lot of sequels tend to kind of do that. They copy the first movie. But that doesn't but, make it, that's the biggest flaw or criticism of a sequel. They just did the first one again, but worse. Yeah, I know. And making the best friend the new killer makes no sense. Yeah, and she wanted to fucking be... She signed the fucking book and signed her soul over to become an influencer. Which, that feels disingenuous to this younger generation. I feel like they would have better aspirations than that. You would think... And it, it, it's dumb because, like, the first movie, she's legitimately his best friend and she likes him and the movie ends with her kissing him and the, the next one opens with, like, and they never got together and now yep. she's... It's just like, okay, that's dumb. And the B characters, they're not nearly as good as the original cast. Yeah. That is really... They do not come close. And the movie kind of knows it because it just shuffles them off to one side just to be killed or, you know, not really used. Yeah, no, the... The kids in his school, they are barely in this movie. It's mainly the cast from the first one and Melanie that are well, I always think there. Of the B cast, only one of them actually, you know, dies, and she was the first sacrifice. The other two get, you know, blown up by Satan when they try and, you know, Not, leave the deal. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you didn't need these. You just, you had it already. They came back Two years later to complete the ritual. There you go. That is how you get them into this. You don't need to make the friend the killer. You don't need to... And I get that smart weaving is now way too expensive. Like, they probably had her for a day. Mm. And it shows them how little it is. But explaining her backstory and trying to, you know, put a definitive, no, she was good, actually, I ruins know. the character from the first one. Because that first one is it was really... She, she split the line. Yeah, she was good in a very two-faced. She obviously loved him and cared for him and didn't want to hurt him, but it was also implied that she had murdered people before and would mm -hmm. murder people again and that she wasn't good. And this one tries to come down and redeem her. Yeah. And it just, no! It, it no, it doesn't work! And... I was really excited when I saw this. I'm like, oh, good, because the first one's really, really good. Yeah. And this one's just okay, teetering on bad. It's a C. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a, a real C. solid C. Now, don't let our review of this just yeah. color anything, okay? We want you to go and watch the first and second one, especially watch it back to back. Yes. It works better back to back. Yes, a lot of that is the good will you have to the first one will carry you through the second one. Yes. And the jokes are still good. Like, yes. there are some really solid jokes. Yes. The performances are real good. Max is... Yes. Is still... He's he gets still... more screen time, and he's just chewing the hell out of it, and he's awesome. Yeah, he's still funny as hell. So, all right, guys. A and C are our final... Final numbers or letters for, our, for the babysitter and the babysitter killer queen. Go watch them. Go ahead and plug. 
Yeah, I'm throwing a plug here. Uh, if you know me, you most likely know me from the other podcast I do, Geeks with Shields. I'm not always on here talking bad movies just like Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, if you listen to this, you can probably easily find Geeks with Shields on the same podcast hosting site. Uh, we talk geeky, nerdy things. And I think we're well worth a listen. Yeah, and if you are into Warhammer, they also have. Yeah, this... We just wrapped season one of Geeks of Grimdark, which is a podcast dedicated entirely to Warhammer. What is Warhammer? Well, check out the podcast. We do a great job explaining all the multifacets of it. It is very much designed to be a I don't know what this is. I want to learn about it podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they have a couple. They have a good big name on there. So go ahead and listen to that. And I will leave you guys with horror tip number 666. When performing your rituals, always check the quality of your virgin. Good night.